You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello, and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Boys, we made it to 300. How you feel? Oh, wow. Amazing. 300 times you've said that exact phrase, probably. Yeah, I'm one of your hosts, Ken, and you are? Jeff. And you are? I, I am Neil. And you are? Mac. Mac. Matt. Oh, right. <laughs> I forget. Man. Darn it. 300 games and you still don't know your name. Nice yeah, try, though. Well, mm. we have a very special one today. Yeah, it's pretty pretty insane. We've reached 300 episodes. We've technically recorded, I think, almost 400, but 300 main feed episodes. This is our 300th, so pretty cool. Not a lot of podcasts don't get to this uh, this number, um, and mm-hmm. uh, we're we're super grateful that all of our listeners, uh, including those that are listening right now, helped us get here uh, along with our patrons. But uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to be at three hundred. How do you feel about it, Matt? Uh, three hundred is about two hundred ninety four more than I thought we would do. So it's it's pretty good. Well, uh, speaking of three hundred, um, we said all the way up to this number, gearing up with all of our other episodes, that we wanted listeners to send in their own questions. So this is a truly listener-submitted game, and uh, with an embarrassment of riches, we received about thirty-two questions, including a swing round. Yeah. So this one's going to be supersized. No additional calories in that, but uh, supersized episode, I think. Yeah, as uh, Prue Leith says on the Great British Baking Show, uh, it's worth the calories. Uh, but yeah, uh, we have all these questions. So I, I do want to have a, a huge thank you uh, to Louis de Rojas. Um, not only, I think he was our first play tester, uh, but I think he's known as the grand play tester on Discord. And now we have a great uh, collection of play testers over there on Discord and the crop and whatnot. But Louis uh, listened to all of these audio questions, just making sure that they all uh, you know fit the bill and, and they had answers and whatnot. And uh, thank you to Louis for, for doing that. He actually categorized all of them for us. So what I did was try to get some sort of uh, game placement here. So the way the game is going to be working today, we're going to have uh, round one is going to be sports. Then we're going to have round two, science, and then three question potpourri. Then the swing round. Then we're going to have movies and TV. 
music and literature, another potpourri, and then our final six categories uh, that we'll be wagering on. Uh, so just disregard the rules, Reed, because uh, it's slightly off. Uh, but we put a poll up on Facebook about what the teams should be because we, we play in different teams often, um, and it changes all the time. Uh, Dave Nelson was trolling, and we appreciate it, uh, putting everyone versus Neil. We considered it, but we just didn't want it to be a bloodbath uh, three-on-one. So um, it looks like the winning um, teams are going to be Matt and Neil versus Ken and Jeff. How do we feel about that? All right, I feel strong about that, Jeff, and uh, it'll be good if we can win because then we get bragging rights until, what, episode 600? Oh, at least. Right. <laughs> at least 600, maybe to 1,000. I don't know. Uh, Matt, uh, you and I uh, haven't played together in a while. Is there a, a team name that you want to go for? Maybe some sort of TGIF, 90s reference, something we can uh, pull some luck from? Uh, no, I think in, in honor of uh, Birdie Mac uh, and his movie, Mr. 3000, we can be Mr.'s 300. Okay, Mr.'s 300 over here. I like it. And we'll be, this is triviality <laughs> for the 300 Spartans. I, I love that. The uh, obvious one. It it had to be done. It had to be episode. done. And, and I, I'm nothing if not obvious. So Yeah. And, and it I helps feel... Jeff make a little uh, photoshopped po- uh, poster for our episode title. With so my head on uh, Leonidas's body, hopefully. Well, it'll be whoever <laughs> wins kicking the other team into the <laughs> into hole. The... Yeah, there you go. Well, spoiler. <laughs> uh, so speaking of the rules, Reed, I know it's slightly different today, but I guess we have to go classic, right? Yeah, we'll go classic. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. The cream. The cream will rise. All the way to the top. Thank you, Darren. And uh, if you listened to episode 298, you heard Darren's voice for the first time. He actually played a game with us. We loved it. Um, and just one more note here. If this is the first time you're listening to the show, thank you for listening to the 300th celebratory episode. But as we said up top, it's going to be a little bit different than our normal game. A few extra questions, but basically exactly the same. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Completely different, but absolutely the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, cool. Well, all of our, the questions are on our soundboard. So we're just going to play them live and we're going to react to them live. Um, and uh, we'll see how this goes. Everyone ready to go? Triviality yeah. react. Don't yeah, right. accidentally hit the Wolverine button seven times. That's all I'll ask. I won't accidentally hit the, the Wolverine button seven times. He's, he's reaching for it right now. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> that, was a, that was an accident. Okay. <laughs> all right. Here's our, our first uh, question. Like I said, first round is going to be in sports, and I believe this is from Josh Snyder. Hi, Triviality. This is Josh Snyder from Baltimore, Maryland. Congrats on reaching 300. I think that means you bowled a perfect game. Here's your question in the category Chris Berman names that should have happened. You know, like Thai corn on the cob or Mark actual retail price. What would be the Chris Berman name of the Nigerian-American shutdown corner who was a four-time All-Pro and played for the Raiders, Eagles, and 49ers between 2003 and 2013? He's married to Scandal star Kerry Washington and has acted and produced, but as far as I know, he's never gotten to play the star of the musical Oliver, where he would get in trouble requesting a second helping of gruel from Mr. Bumble. All right, so that was words. <laughs> Thank you for the question. I don't yeah, know. The, the I believe this cut. is foosball. Yes. And we were talking about foosball. 
Do you know Matt? Yeah. Um, I do. I know who the cornerback is. I think uh, I know well, the second that's one. That's good because that's the question. That's the question, right? Well, there's you got to. It's like a before and after, isn't it? Right. Right. Uh, do you guys have an idea or are you giving up? No, right. I, I thought we might try and talk it out, but we don't. I don't think we're going to find out. I have it no out. idea what, what what that was asking. <laughs> so the, the cornerback it's, it's sports. is... It's sports, Matt. Yeah. Forget it, Matt. It's sports. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's uh, Nyamdi Asamoah is the, is the corner. Oh. What did you think the second one was? Oh, I think it's just the one because that name sounds like... Can I have some more? Yeah, what I was gonna say, I my my thing was, uh, I, I guess I'm thinking of the cornerback then. Oh, so it'd be Neande, can I have some more? <laughs> uh, Neande, please, sir, I, please, sir, can I have some more? Yeah, I think I think we're close. Let's let's figure out what. Okay, what I think, I think that counts for points. Okay, here we go. And he says, the answer. Namdi, please, sir, I want a Samoa. <laughs> keep on keeping on. And hey, you are the cream of the crop. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks so much for the question submission. And yeah, you guys got points. Are we getting points for that? All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. We'll give you points what for that. <laughs> well, as soon as you said Namdi Asamoa, I was like, oh, I do remember that name. That's not a name yeah. I've heard. That is a tough question. That was fun, mm-hmm. though. But you got points. Yeah. You, you got it. You nailed it perfectly. Uh, all right. Well, we uh, let's see how this continues to go. Still in sports. Uh, I think we have David Feuder uh, up next. Hey, Triviality. This is uh, Dave Feuder. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of this 300th show. Uh, congratulations to all of your success and uh, continued best wishes for 300, 600, 900, however many more. It's been a pleasure to support the podcast and uh, be on the show and host the show and uh, so here's a little question. Uh, category is sports logos. So the Hartford Whalers are a now defunct NHL franchise, but which current team in the four major U.S. professional sports still has a whale on their primary logo? All right, we're locked in. Mm. I'm just going to throw this out here um, before we, we really get into more questions, but... Um, it means a lot that, that, you know, the accolades people are giving us. And mm-hmm. so I know this is, I'm glad this is an audio medium. So you can't see all of my makeup running yeah. today. So. <laughs> yeah. Just makeup yeah. is running pretty hard. You look I, like, uh, I wanted to look good for the audience. Yeah. Yeah. You need to look good, Jeff, even it's though you like have a lot of raccoon right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, can you and, and Jeff are locked in? Yeah. All right. So Matt, I have a few ideas, but you're the sports guy. So what's your initial thought? I think that this is our arch nemesis over on uh, on the Madhouse of Madison. Yeah, for a few years there, when they were still a... <laughs> when they were, when they had the Twins. When both teams were good, the Sedines. All I have to Ringo. to add, Matt. Long go. Long. <laughs> oh, I love Roberto. We should throw more. Yeah, he's, he's a great. Him. He's a great guy. All I have to add is um, all I think one of them has like an orca whale logo. That's all I'm thinking of. Is that yes, what it this, is? This question can go Canuck itself. Uh, Vancouver Canucks. We said the same. And the answer is? The answer to that question is the Vancouver Canucks. Hey. The C in the Canucks is now an orca or killer whale. So I hope everyone there got that question right. I'm hey, betting Matt did, worked. but I don't know. Oh, anyway. Like I said, uh, it's my pleasure to continue to support the podcast, and I hope everyone here listening uh, 
uh, chips in on Patreon too because it's well worth it. <laughs> like I said, uh, great job and thanks. Great plug. Yeah, thanks um, for the free plug. If you, uh, plug. if you, if you choose to, it is a voluntary subscription service. Of course, only if you can afford to. Uh, we understand. We, we're but not. You don't want to let down David. So we're you not asking for your check money. Check it out. Yeah, don't um, let down David. He is a lawyer. We'll gladly accept it. He'll sue you. This is the '90s. They'll sue you. Um, but no, it, it's a good opportunity for a Patreon plug. So, uh, as Jeff said, for as little as a dollar a month, you get all of our new main main feed episodes ad free. So just for a dollar a month, and then if you're at five dollars a month or higher, you'll get all of our old. Uh, bonus audio content and our current audio bonus content and our current audio bonus content <laughs> Not right just the old stuff and some other stuff too. whatever we keep coming out with and uh what's the site jeff patreon.com slash triviality podcast that's right all right uh, our next uh question i believe is from uh zane placey hey guys it's zane placey from sandy springs georgia when I hosted episode 262, I mentioned that Wilt Chamberlain's historic 100-point game took place in a stadium in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Hershey is now back in sporting news as the hometown of what star midfielder of the United States men's national soccer team, who scored the only goal of their thrilling victory over Iran in the group stage of the 2022 World Cup? Okay, soccer question. Yeah. Did you watch? No. Um, I think I, I I think I was watching, but I don't I don't know the names. I abstained, refusing to support the World Cup due to the you know yeah issues, the horribleness. Yeah, we don't um, need to do the Jeff want want on this one. So it's we're a happy gonna time. say Jimmy Boots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jay Boots, is he the the American cousin of Jimmy Bose? Yeah, <laughs> he's third cousins with Jimmy Buckets. Uh, so, so I didn't really watch the World Cup. I watched a tiny bit of it. I watched a lot more of the uh, the women's national team because they're better. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I have no idea. I know I saw pictures of this guy like when he scored the goal, but I couldn't put a name on him. Yeah, he's one of the most talented young strikers we've had since uh, we made much ado about Freddie. Um, he didn't he didn't work out for us, unfortunately. Um, but I'm pretty sure that this is uh, Christian Pulisic. Pulisic? I forget how to say his name, oh. but that's what it is. Our mutual friend Kevin uh, asked for that for Christmas and got a jersey of him because ah, he plays on right. Chelsea. That's right. All mm -hmm. right, let's see the answer. Christian Pulisic. Uh. Mm -hmm. He got really injured on that goal. <laughs> and, oh, uh, did he? He had a lower extremity injury that he would not go into further detail. I love the nondescriptness so of soccer like injuries. came apart. No, he, <laughs> just was, tore he off. was grateful for his cup, I believe. Is ah, what, I see. What do they was. still wear cups? I feel like athletes don't really wear cups anymore. When I was a kid, you had I to wear a cup. I assure you that they do. Oh, the do cup they? check. Because okay. I still have cups in my Little League baseball. Do. You could walk to my dress right now. There's two cups in there still, just in case I need one. And they still Your fit despite full being cups junior too. sizes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Let's speaking, yeah, speaking of our mutual friend, though, uh, I know Ken enjoyed this. Uh, the jersey was not uh, in town because it was coming from England or wherever it was coming from. And our friend uh, took a picture of this Christian Pulisic, a very seductive picture, and put it in a frame form and said it's coming. <laughs> so that was a nice gift, I thought. Yeah. All right. Uh, our next question is from Sam. The category for this question is 300 in the NFL. There have been 14 quarterbacks to throw 300 or more touchdown passes over their NFL careers. Number 14 on this list is a retired quarterback who threw exactly 300 TD passes with one team over his 16-year career. That team's stadium shares the same time zone as only one other team in the NFL. Who is the quarterback in question? 
And just for the record, uh, Sam uh, did not give an answer for this one. Uh, so we're, we're going to do a little live research after we give our <laughs> guesses, but um, we'll see what happens. He just he was so confident that I would know the answer that we would need no answers, no further research. I think I, I know it too, John man. Elway. But what do you say? No, I don't know. Here, I'll look up the answer. Since I have nothing to add, I'll look up the answer. Okay. Now, it's funny he should say Jonathan Elway. Yes. Because I also think it's John Elway. <laughs> as as um, my favorite quarterback of all time, I'm almost positive it is John Elway. Yeah. Because so should I Google John Elway and not 300? I would Google yeah. John Elway 300 uh, 16 years maybe. So here's the thing is there's very few football teams in mountain time. So that is where I was going to start. And my, it also makes me think, uh, played for the same team for 16 years, right? So anyone over 300, I'm thinking like Eli Manning, but he has probably way more than 300. Dan Marino probably has way more than 300 touchdowns. So and they're also in the Eastern time zone. So right, with a lot of other teams. Touchdown. So. Yeah, 300. Yeah. So we oh, were going to guess John Elway. Did I get a football <laughs> question right? You, you did. did. A football. <laughs> All right. Well, Sam, we appreciate the extra, the Google little mystery search there, but I think we all got it. John Elway, 10 points. Thank you for that question. Oh, you guys and, are on a And you're in a small category of listeners now who have asked me a football question that I answered correctly. <laughs> That's right. This is the 300th episode of Benchwarmers, right? Is that what we're doing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, we do other things besides sports too? No, the sports is the first category and then we uh... move on. We, we front-loaded it for you, Matt. It's all sports, oh, Matt. So, so you guys, you guys can take take an then, early lead, and then we can catch up right. gradually. That's why I, I put science uh, second for everyone, just so it would even out. Uh, all right, our next question, I believe, is coming from Zach. Hi, my name is Zach, and I'm a recent Oakland Five Patreon subscriber, and I wanted to submit um, a sports-related question um, for your 300th episode. So, um, for decades, it was said to be physically impossible to break four minutes in the mile. In 1954, who broke the four-minute barrier running 359.4? 1954. I feel like we've talked about this before. I feel like we have, yeah. No. I don't have a lot of good running knowledge. I'll say that. No, no, no. No, I'm a bit of a runner. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit of a runner myself. <laughs> I am when I'm being pursued. Do you have an answer? <sighs> I feel like I have something to share that might spark. Your friendship is not an answer. <laughs> do you guys have an answer? I, I know this one. There oh, else. you do? You got to say yeah. that, Matt, so we can talk. Oh, hey. I know the answer. Well, this is three hundredth three hundredth episode now, and you you don't know our format. It's is my first time. <laughs> is Matt locks in? This is the first time the real Matt's been on the show. <laughs> That's true. It's been his uh, AI. Uh, the replicant. real, yeah, the real chap GPT. But as Matt locks in for us both, I was just if we didn't know the answer, I was just going to make a joke uh, for an old podcast reference and lock in with Prefontaine, but which I know is incorrect. Mm. But uh, go ahead, guys. We're locked a, in. A Blade Runner finally caught the uh, Matt replicant. <laughs> I feel like. It's like Roger something. He's uh, British. Roger Moore. Daltrey? Roger. I don't like <laughs> I, the, the name that comes to mind, and I don't think it's correct, is like Roger Primrose or something. Like, okay. I don't Oh, that's very British. Yeah, right. Roger Primrose. Sir Roger Primrose. I mean, <laughs> unofficially, mile. unofficially, Elliot Kipchoge broke the three minute, but that's unofficial because okay. his shoes are a problem, apparently. But 
Well, let's go with uh, Roger Primrose, the uh, famous runner. One should never run a four-minute <laughs> mile without two cups of tea. Uh, where, Matt, who is it? I have no idea. It is Roger. Roger that is Bannister? Bannister. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> let's find out if they're right. So mad. I'm just going to write Roger. And that answer is Roger Bannister. No. Thank you very much. Enjoy your 300th. Wow, thank um, thank you, uh, you gotta, Zach. You got to remember uh, just to grab onto that that answer. You know, <laughs> the Roger, like a banister. Oh, the Baron Stern Bears, I believe is what that was. <laughs> well, after five, uh, looks like Mister's three hundred has fifty. So yeah, thank you, Matt. Thanks, guys, for that. How many more sports questions do we have? Uh, that was pre- or maybe one more in the final, but that was it. Oh, good. Oh, I just have a qu- thank quick, God. quick question to those five people who sent in the sports questions. Why do you hate me? <laughs> <laughs> Except for the person with the John Elway question. That was great. And the hockey. You knew the Canucks. Oh, yeah, I knew the hockey, too. And it uh, looks like we have 20 over there at uh, This is Triviality. Yep. We're off to a slow start, but uh, hey, slow and steady no, this is triviality, ends so the game eventually. So. But you'll be thanking uh, our listener and patron, uh, Casey Webster, because uh, the next category of five questions is science. So let's uh, let's hear that one. Sweet. Let's do a science. Hi there, Casey Webster from Maine here. I wanted to congratulate you on your 300th episode. That's really amazing. I can't wait to listen to the next 300 episodes to come out in the future. I also wanted to leave a small shout out to the Triviality Extended Family on Discord. I recently lost my father, and I honestly don't know how I would have gotten through the past few months if it wasn't for the small interactions I've had on Discord. It's really meant a lot to me, especially our board game nights, and I just wanted everyone to know how thankful I am. Okay, enough of the mushy stuff. On to the question. What bodily function common to most animals is impossible for rabbits to perform? Oh, that's it. Interesting. And I will say, board game nights on Discord are super fun. We play code names, and it's a lot of fun, so you should join. Yeah, and uh, we are so proud of having such a great community. We're, of course, very sorry for your loss, but glad that uh, the Discord community and the Triviality community could be there for you. So, Yeah, and a, and a hearty thank you to everyone who's a part of that community and uh, welcoming every everyone with open arms. And there's been movie nights recently, along with code names. Yeah, we'll Matt have said. to pop into some of those. Yeah, so just soon. keep keep doing them, and, and we'll we'll show up. And we're just so happy that you're you're doing all that stuff. Or is that like the boss showing oh. up if we go into the movie night? Like undercover boss. <laughs> like the boss goes here. What do you kids do it here? Maybe it's like undercover <laughs> boss. We're like, hey, we're, we're watching a movie, movie, guys. Yeah. Uh, what can't rabbits do? We know what they can do, and they do it quite a lot. <laughs> well, they copulate. Yes, we understand. Um, uh, they're yes. very fecund animals. Procreate. Um, <laughs> copulate, so procreate, is... tomato, tomato. It's the same. <laughs> they, a... they can't eat gluten. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you can't have those tricks. Was Too this much unlike gluten. other animals, mammals? What was the qualifier? I missed I that. I think that. What do you think? Or this. Which one? I don't know. Are those the only two options? When I hear bodily function. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fine. I'll which, let you pick. Which one? Okay. I wanted to say walk backwards, so they probably can. So they're locked in. So my my feeble brain, when I hear bodily function, immediately went to either uh, fart or throw up. So that's all yeah. I got. I thought maybe hiccup or um, maybe blink their eyes. 
Oh, I, I've I, never I guess seen I, a rabbit blink. I have never seen a rabbit blink either. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> have you ever seen a squirrel pee? <laughs> yes. I have. <laughs> yes. I've never seen a squirrel pee either. Or a oh, They can do all those things. Um, I will say that it is 2023, the year of the rabbits. So whatever rabbits can't do in so- solidarity this year, I will not be doing either. So I'm very interested to see what the answer to this is. You're on a um, roll, though. You pick it then for us. I'm going to say... Blink their eyes. Okay. So you're going to go the whole year without blinking? I'm going to tape my eyes open. They're the eyes Wednesday of the, animal, of the animal kingdom. <laughs> We're going to go with uh, fart. Ooh, okay. Because the, the poop is so uh, peculiar. Oh, because it's the little like balls. Little, little BBs. Little BB guns. So maybe there's no gas in between those. <laughs> there's gas. <laughs> That's a great All cartoon right. idea. Like the one um, rabbit who has gas and no one else does. And he's like ostracized because he's like farting. And they're like, what's this guy's deal? We Rudolph just poop. off the gas. See, rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. It just smells. Okay. All right. Let's see what the answer is. I can't wait. Rabbits are physically incapable of vomiting. Oh, oh, other animals that lack the ability to throw up include horses, beavers, rats, and squirrels, among others. Thanks for listening. Uh, so question. I, yeah. I wish I was physically incapable of vomiting because I yeah. need it. Yeah. No vomit. 2023. You heard it here first. Vomit free since 2023. Good for Matt. Good choice. Yeah. <laughs> that worked out okay for me. Could have been bad. I, I hope it is a vomit free 2023 for you. And it's me. been 20 days so far, so good looking out. You're on the right track. Start. It's been 20 years for me, and I am not looking no, forward. No, for real? Yeah, no. for real. Oh, lucky. I lucky. feel nauseous all the time, but I never get that. You can't tell us that, because now it's just going to be our mission no, to make you throw about up. It. <laughs> it's just a, a, a scotch of arsenic in your, your LaCroix. Just see what happens. All right, so... I'm just putting <laughs> apple seeds in my LaCroix. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our next question, uh, number three in the science round, is going to be from our listener, Lydia. Hello, Triviality gentlemen. This is Lydia, savage superstar slash infectious diseases pharmacist extraordinaire. <laughs> and I have a question for you guys. What antifungal medication is named after the state in which it is developed? And, uh, Anti-fungal medication. And that's question two of the science round for listeners. Sorry, I couldn't read my own handwriting. I don't know if I've ever had a... Oh. Anti-fungal cream? What about... I've got it, I think. Matt, how familiar are you with Tenactin, Tennessee? Uh, <laughs> it's tough acting from what I recall. Uh, all I know about Tenactin is John Madden. Me so. too. Boom. Tough acting, Tenactin. So uh, what, what is Tenactin for? It's like for like foot, foot fungus. Right? Foot fungus. Okay, yeah, so it's, it's for that, athlete's foot. So it is. That is a that fits the category. Mm-hmm. I feel I like there's a there's another one though. It's a tube. Maybe it starts with a C. It's like orange and black. I've seen it before. I don't know if that's right though. But well, I don't think we have anything else besides tenactin. I don't either. Okay. Well, you went for uh, tenactin, Tennessee. We went with monistat for Montana. So. Ooh. If if this isn't correct, there well, there's two antifungal medications with the state. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's yeah. more. That's crazy. Lydia's probably. But with the with the state qualifier, like that's that's yeah. pretty big coincidence. The eyes are being rolled. Okay, let's see. It's fungi Idaho. <laughs> so the answer is Nystatin, which is named what? after New York State Department of Public Health. <laughs> um, so I hope that you guys enjoy that question and congratulations on all of your successful episodes. 
I can't believe there was a tertiary answer. <laughs> nice dance. <laughs> New York State Department of Health. Wow. Wow. And now we know. That was shocking. Yeah, that was really shocking. Um, well, uh, our next question uh, is going to be from Jeff Faust. Hi, Ken McNeil and Jeff. This is Jeff from the Be Quiz I Said So podcast. I'm happy to be able to participate in your 300th episode. So here's a grown-up trivia question for you. With the introduction of the yellow or amber light warning drivers and pedestrians that the traffic signal was changing from green to red, the first three-colored four-way traffic light was patented in 1923 by Garrett Morgan in Cleveland, Ohio. To which company did Morgan sell his patent for $40,000? And definitely check out Jeff's podcast, Be Quiz I Said So. It's a fun fun ride. What do you think of this? I find, I find it interesting Jeff. how... Yeah, Yellow lights are very different times depending on which state and city you're in. Me too. Me we're we're going to lock in. You're locking in. Okay. Uh, I agree with you, Matt. I know in the suburbs here, you get a good, uh, let me think, one, one thousand, two, one, almost like five, one thousand, but in the city, yeah. it's maybe like two to three tops. Half a second. It really surprised, well, you have surprised to, Jane you know. when she went through like seven red lights. It was like, oh, I got to, oh my well, God. Don't <laughs> admit it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, nobody goes through red lights. Um, well, you don't need it to be as long if you're going slower. Who oh, would yeah, purchase okay. this? Maybe like Edison. Uh, yeah. What year was it again? It was like 19... 1920 something. What about? Is it a person, or you think it's like General Electric? Maybe General Electric. This seems like something they would purchase. Or Ford. Oh, Ford, or maybe it was a brake company, so you could wear out your brakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, uh, what's Midas. the ones from Tommy Boy with the brake pads? Uh, I can't remember. Oh, O'Callaghan or Callahan? Yeah. Oh, Callahan. Yeah. Callahan um, brakes, yeah. I was just thinking, yeah, who would have been big at the time? So I was thinking, yeah, GE or maybe Ford was getting into, like, other transportation. But that, that would be... Let's go with... I think Ford. I like that. Okay. And we went with GE. All right. So let's find out what it is. It's a tricky one. The correct answer is... General Electric. Yeah. Uh, Congratulations on, on 300 episodes. Here's to the next 300. You guys yeah. are very confident we're going to have 300 more episodes. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. I'm already folding under it, as you can see from the scores. Well, at least we both said the right answers. That's why we're good as a team. But apart, we're not as strong. Not as strong. We're like, uh, what's the that Transformers thing where everyone we're comes? Like, we're like Voltron. Fingers. Voltron, thank you. We're like fingers fingers not Transformers. Yeah, individually weak, but... Together. together yeah who's the thumb there is no thumb the thumb is the listener oh That's there you boring. go listeners are the thumbs and we're the fingers i like it because we'd be nothing without the opposable listener <laughs> that makes sense scientifically if, if, correct if this wasn't called like the 300th episode that'd be a great episode title the opposable listener i like that <laughs> uh all right our next question in science uh coming to us from our friend uh kellen who you'll hear on january's patreon bonus hey Hey guys, it's Kellen McGuire. I am so proud of you all for making it to 300 episodes. That's very impressive and very exciting. And what else is very exciting is the news of an upcoming Frasier reboot because that is one of my favorite TV shows. Now, you probably already know because it's a common trivia question that Frasier has the Primetime Emmy Award record of most wins for a comedy series. They won 37 awards in the 11 season run. But what you might not know is that Frasier, tied with Modern Family, also has the most wins for the category of Outstanding Comedy Series. So within one, 
How many times did Frasier win the Emmy Award for Outstanding Comedy Series? Oh, man. I was promised a science question. I thought it was science, too. Let me just double-check my notes here, because that's definitely not <laughs> science. Uh, well, no, Frazier thank you, Kellen. I, I personally bothered her for a uh, question, so I appreciate it. Psychology is like a science. Yeah. Uh, what do you say to this? Um, I don't and, know specifically. What do you say? We can lock in so you guys can talk. Okay. Oh, oh you, you know. Because I, I had to write it for my book. book. Yeah. Ah. Well, the book. So here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> it's five a lot. I'm trying to think of what would have gone up against Modern Family. So what was the category that they won for? Ensemble? Out, outstanding Comedy Series. Outstanding Comedy Series. I'd say five is reasonable, right? Yeah, I feel like the Big Bang went a bunch. I'm trying to think oh, of what I don't the That's a different time, though. Because Modern Raymond Family was like 11 seasons and they just went off air. I don't know what you're trying to... I think I think anywhere between five and seven is a reasonable. All right, let's go six then. Okay. Or you went with six. Do we have to be within one? I don't know. There was no. We're going dead on. Going dead on. All right, we're gonna lock in Matt with five. Let's see the answer. I'm gonna beat you up, Jeff. <laughs> the correct answer is five. They uh, won five times for outstanding comedy series. So if you put four, five, or six, congratulations, you. Oh. you are a winner. So we get the we get the all right. My uh, my threat is retracted. <laughs> I will say, Louis, in your notes, it said science, but we're not going to say anything bad because that was technically a scientific question of numbering within the arts. So I blame Neil. You blame me. Just me. Blame me. Um, <laughs> I didn't hear any of the questions beforehand, but I will take full responsibility. Uh, okay, thank you, Kellen. Uh, this is our last question uh, in the science round, coming to us from Evan. Hi, Triviality. This is Evan Bendixson from Texas, and I'm so proud of you for reaching 300 episodes, and I'm happy to be a part of celebrating it. So without further ado, a page from the Harvard Mark II Electromechanical Computers Logbook, which is featured in the Smithsonian National Museum of American History, includes an entry dated September 9th, 1947, and features the first actual case of a bug being found. What was that bug? Um. What? What is the bug? What is the bug? So this is a computer, computer science bug. question. Yeah. Yeah, it sounded like a supercomputer of some sort. Oh, not in forty-seven. There was a one where there should have been a zero. <laughs> I don't know how to bug. answer such a question. Thank yeah. you, Evan. That's a that's a solid one. Evan is a really good coder, so this makes sense. He's giving ah. us giving us the hard stuff. What is the... I don't even know what kind of bugs they find now. Yeah. A... Super bugs. We're, we're going to say there was a zero instead of a one. Binary and we'll say bugs. there was a one instead of a zero. Is that what you want to go with? Yeah, they're both wrong. Who cares? Okay. <laughs> I was going to say that there was a there was a copy of, of the DVD of The Pest in there. <laughs> John Leguizamo. <laughs> <Quite a> bug. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it looks like this we have is... zero instead of a one and a one instead of a zero? Yeah. I think either way we're getting zero. Let's find out. It was a moth, which is featured in the book. The actual moth is attached to the page, oh. and the moth had been trapped in a relay, which had caused hardware issues in the computer itself. So that was the first actual case of a bug being found. Is that why we... Hope you all enjoyed that. Yes. Hope you got it right. Uh, so thanks again. That's amazing. Uh, quick shout out to my beautiful wife, Erin, and my two beautiful daughters, Everly and Eleanor. Thanks. Thank you, Evan. Um, yeah, I totally forgot that the first computer bug was like a bug, and that's why it's called a bug. That's oh, funny. That's so it reminded me, and 
Jeff learned something. So that's really cool. I didn't. I, didn't I don't think that. I'm the only one who learned something. No, but well, we we got it wrong. That was a great <laughs> question. It's a great question. Well, yeah. to learn something means I can recall it later, which is not true. So I learned nothing. <laughs> I won't remember. <laughs> I will not remember that. Uh, with this being a supersized episode, um, we have two little mini potpourri rounds uh, before uh, and at the end of the game. So this is our first potpourri round of three questions, and then we'll do our little score recap here. So our first potpourri, potpourri, sorry, oh no, potpourri, potpourri, thank you. We have potpourri show. What's what's my Hawaii name? Potpourri. Except for getting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Um, so this first one is coming to us from uh, Joe Visconti. Thank you, Joe. Hey, guys. My name is Joe Visconti, and I'd like to submit a question for your 300th episode. I discovered your podcast a few months ago and have been listening to current and older episodes during my commute to and from work. Great stuff. Keep it up. Hope you guys make another 300. Thank you. Okay. Here's the question. Wordle was the top searched term in the United States for 2022 according to Google Trends. There are five people listed in the top 10. One person died last year in 2021, three people died this year in 2022, and one person that died in 1994. Two points for each person you can name for a total of 10 possible points. That's interesting. So just to recap, I wrote it down. So one person died 2021, three people died 2022, one person died 1994. All right, uh, we have our answers here. What do you guys think? So we locked in with the 2021 death as Betty White, the 1994 death, Princess Diana, and then the three of 2022, Queen Elizabeth, Pope Benedict, and uh, Betty White or um, Barbara Walters. Oh, all right. Well, we said Betty White, uh, Queen Elizabeth for the 1994. We said Dahmer. Um, Gilbert Gottfried and Christy Alley, just because we couldn't think of the last two, but shout out to uh, our friend of the show, kind of, Gil and uh, Christy Alley. Christy Alley. Oh. <laughs> no, not friend of the show. Let's go back uh, to Joe and, and hear the answers. Okay, the answer. The five people that were listed in the top 10 searched terms of 2022, according to Google Trends, were Betty White, who died December 31st of 2021, Bob Saget, Queen Elizabeth, and Anne Hayes, who all died in 2022, and Jeffrey Dahmer, who died in 1994. Yeah, pretty sure. All right, thanks, guys. Have a good one. Pretty sure um, Princess Diana was 97. That makes more sense. I was thinking Nicole Brown, too, possibly, but I doubt that she would have been searched. I want to say like August 26, 7, something like that, because I remember exactly where I was when that happened. All right, so we'll take yeah. six points on that, and you guys got four. four. All right, let's get the next one. This should be from uh, Chris. Hi, Ken McNeil. This is Chris, longtime listener from Perth, Australia, home to the West Coast Eagles. Congrats on reaching 300. My question is in the category of gambling is evil. What is the sum of all the numbers on a standard casino roulette wheel? All right. I think uh, we know this one off the top, but also we could do the math if we want to. I, to and I did. Okay. So we're in. You're in. So, Matt, I believe there was a clue in the question. Uh, I think it's one of those funny things that adds up to 666 or the tattoo on uh, Ken's lower back. Whoa. Wow. It's a bold claim. Um, Yeah, we said uh, (laughs) 666 as well. All right. Let's hear the answer. The answer is 
666, the number of the beast. All right. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Go Swans. <laughs> Just got to throw that in there. All right. Uh, and our last question here uh, in the potpourri round before the swing round is going to be from our friend Lauren Couchois. Hey, Triviality. It's your favorite Sutton Foster imposter, Lauren Couchois. 300 episodes is amazing, and you have certainly brightened my life with your antics, trivia, and just by being you. My question for you all is inspired by my two favorite things, Wayne's World and farming. So the question is titled, actually, it's pronounced Miliwake, which is Algonquin for the good land. And the question is, the Algonquian people are an indigenous people of Eastern Canada. They lived by hunting, fishing, and by cultivating which three crops that are known as the Three Sisters. And I'll even give you a Wayne's World five-second countdown. Five, four, three. What's we, we can be locked in. Okay. All right. So they're locked in. What, what do you think? Uh, wheat, soy, corn? I like wheat. I think corn was further south. All right. Tobacco? Probably not. Even no, further south. That's not really a staple crop <laughs> yeah, for I eating. It, I think it got brought over too, right? Possibly. I don't know. Um, I don't know where soy is from. Could be from the Americas. I think wheat, soy, corn is reasonable. What else really? Yeah. What, what else is a big, big crop? That you make crap out of. Yeah. I, I say wheat, soy, corn. Okay. Matt, you liked Enforce? Yeah, we were we were around the same thing. We said wheat, corn, but we also went with barley. Let's, they seem like sisters. Like they'd hang answer. out. And the answer is the three sisters are known as squash, corn, and string beans. Oh, well, just in case there was any discussion about this, the beans could be legumes or the string bean type. Okay. Oh, so I hope you all got it right, or at least let in a little Wayne's World into your lives for today. Thanks again for just being you and all that you guys do. And as Cal Pal says, love you guys all the days. Congratulations on 300 episodes. Yay. Oh, we were thinking of the three brothers. That's the problem <laughs> of farming. Isn't it two brothers? I don't that know. have like the wheat in the bottom? I don't know. About That's what farming. that movie with Mark Wahlberg's about. <laughs> look, look at how smooth my hands are. You think I know anything about farming? <laughs> two brothers were art, though? I don't understand. Uh, so we need a score update here after the first uh, half here. First half, we have, uh, I think, 60, 70, 74 over at Mr.'s 300. What about you really? guys? Really? We got 56. I'm surprised you're in such a strong lead. They dominated the You sports. did play well. You did play well. Uh, well, Matt, uh, do you want to intro our swing round? Our swing this round. This is the swing was... round. <laughs> <laughs> and it is brought to you by someone who lives in my home. Uh, my beautiful girlfriend, Jane, she wrote this, and I swear I haven't seen them or heard them. She made yeah, me leave yeah. the house when she recorded. All right. It's weird. She told me that you live in your home, like jointly, <laughs> not just yours yeah. personally. <laughs> oh, we share a home. I live in the shack. We went over this. I'm in the pod shack right now. You're in the coach house. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's hear from Jane. Hey guys, this is Jane. Congratulations on reaching your 300th episode. I think I'm one of the few people who can honestly say that I don't know where my life would be without Triviality Podcast. All that aside, I know there are so many of us who can't wait for Tuesday to roll around so we can learn and laugh alongside you. For your swing round today, I will provide you three things and you have to name what comes forth in the sequence. 
So this could either be names or things or places. You have to figure out the category and then figure out the answer. Io, Callisto, Europa. Samantha, Carrie, Charlotte. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Prince Caspian, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Mesa Verde, Great Sand Dunes, Black Canyon. Johnny, Ben, Susan. Packers, Packers, Jets. <laughs> Amethyst, Aquamarine, Diamond. Self-titled debut album, Fearless, Speak Now. Monica, Erica, Rita. <laughs> Identity, supremacy, ultimatum. All right. So those are our questions for the swing round. And we'll be right back and uh, see if we can figure these out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back with our answers. Let's uh, toss it back to Jane and we'll uh, do these one by one. So now we're going to go back through and I will read the questions again, followed by the answers. Io, Callisto, Europa. All right, Jeff and I said Ganymede. I'll let you say it because you love the space stuff. Uh, you said Ganymede. Uh, Matt and I just thought it was Titan. We had no idea. Did you say Ganymede? These are the moons of Jupiter. Yay. Specifically the... Samantha, Carrie, Charlotte. It's pre-recorded, Jeff. You can't. You I can't know. Stop. I can't just jump in. All right. What? What is it? What, what are we? Oh, I was say the Gale Land moves. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, we said Miranda for this one. 
we also said Miranda of Sex and the City. Neil fame. is such a Miranda. Oh. Did you say Miranda? <laughs> These are the four women on Sex and the City. All right. Good start. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Prince Caspian, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. All right. We said Silver Chair, our favorite grunge band. <laughs> we also said Silver Chair, our second favorite grunge band. After who? We'll never tell. <laughs> Can't put him on the spot. Temple like of that. the Dog. Okay. <laughs> Did you say the Silver Chair? These are Chronicles of Narnia by release date. Mesa Verde, Great Sand Dunes, Black Canyon. Um, we knew these were national parks, but uh, we didn't quite know how to format this uh, or like what what we were getting at. So we just said Yosemite. We're not sure. Yeah, uh, we, we thought they were also parks. Matt uh, had an inkling that they were all in Colorado, so we said Yellowstone. Did you guess Rocky Mountain? Mm, nope. These are the four national parks of Colorado. Well, you were close. Johnny, Ben, Susan. Yeah, for this one, we said Reed. Uh, we also thought these were fantastic questions, and this is a fantastic answer. We said Reed, as in Reed Richards. Did you say read? These are the Fantastic Four. Packers, Packers, Jets. Yep, we think these are Super Bowl winners in order starting with number one. So we said Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, we said the same, Kansas City Chiefs. Did you say Chiefs? These are the Super Bowl champions, first, second, third, and fourth. Amethyst, Aquamarine, Diamond. Uh, we said Emerald. I think this is birthstones in order, kind of a guess. We also thought these were birthstones, but we didn't know which one, so we said Pearl. Did you guess Emerald? These are birthstones in order, beginning in February, for a little bit of a twist. Jeff, Jeff. Self-titled debut album, Fearless, Speak Now. All right, we think this is uh, Taylor Swift albums, and we said Red would be the next one. We agree. We went with Red. Target exclusive. Did you guess Red? If so, you're a Swifty. These are Taylor Swift studio albums in chronological order. There was something with Target, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Monica, Erica, Rita. Yep, next is uh, Tina, and as we continue, they're only getting sweeter. Yes, we also thought this was the precursor to getting sweeter. We said Tina. Did you say Tina? These are the list of women in the Mambo Number no. 5 chorus. Identity, Supremacy, Ultimatum. And we wish uh, Jeremy Renner a quick recovery after his accident. <laughs> Don't laugh, I'm serious, but uh, he was in uh, The Born Legacy. It's got good, mm -hmm. uh, good hot sauce. Yeah, we weren't sure um, if Jane was going for only the ones with Matt Damon, because then it would be Jason Bourne, but we believe it's just an owner, so we said the Bourne Legacy. Did you guess Legacy? These are movies in the Jason Bourne franchise. All right. So that's it. We picked up uh, 45 points in that swing round, which was much needed. We picked up 40, or 35, excuse me. So there you go. Moving on. So, yeah, it looks like we have 109 over here. 
And uh, you have uh, 101. So close game. All right. So as we said, uh, the second uh, half here is going to start with uh, movies and TV. And I believe Matt Kirk is going to be our first uh, question. So let's uh, let's go to Matt Kirk. Greetings to the Triviality crew on the occasion of your 300th episode. This is Matt Kirk, most known for my proficiency with Star Trek trivia. However, I am not one of those that believes Star Trek and Star Wars need be mutually exclusive. And so I have a question based on both franchises just for you. Both Gates McFadden, who played Dr. Beverly Crusher in Star Trek The Next Generation, and James Earl Jones, who voiced Darth Vader, can be found in what 1990 action film? I'm not familiar with the first actor. Action film with James Earl Jones. That's interesting. From 1990. From 1990. That's tough. I really don't know. Do you have any idea? This is the precursor to speed, velocity. Velocity. No. Um, <laughs> Kate's McFadden. I don't. Billy I couldn't. Crusher. I couldn't picture that person. She's yeah, just your generic '80s blonde. If the, I mean, doesn't help. I know. Um, Nineteen ninety <laughs> action film. Let's say Die Hard Two. You think James Earl Jones is in Die Hard Two? It's possible. It is possible. So we were discussing the uh, perennial action favorite, Driving Miss Daisy, uh, but he was only in the play version of that. That was Morgan Freeman in the movie, so we realized that was wrong right away. Um, I don't know, Matt. What do you? I think Hunt for Red October is nineteen ninety. I guess you That's consider a, that an action movie. I wouldn't consider yeah. it an action movie. Ken hates submarines. Uh, I would cliffhanger. Was he? Was he on the cliff? Did he play the cliff? I don't know. He was the cliff know. cliffhanger. He that, voiced the cliff. That would be a much better, a much scarier cliff. Um, you're going to fall. The only things I know, he was in a movie called Convicts, which wasn't, a, but I feel like Hunt for October is a better trivia answer because it's a more famous movie. Okay, go with that one. All right, that's what we'll lock in. We said Die Hard 2. The answer, of course, is The Hunt for Red October, oh, right. one of my favorites. I remember him in that. Congrats on this milestone, guys, and we hope to hear 300 more. Clearly, despite the 300 episodes, I'm not getting any smarter. <laughs> I love everyone's wishing us the next 300, as Matt said. But Well, it's funny, too, because I feel bad because the thing I'm good at contributing to science was brutally difficult. <laughs> and now I'm out for the rest of the game. So good luck, Ken. Uh, our oh, next... yeah, this is movies and pop culture, right? Oh, that's so right. This is where I should be strong. That's true. Well, you'll probably you'll pick it up here. We got a question from Ann Herndon uh, coming up next. Hi, y'all. It's Ann from Northern Michigan. Congrats on your 300th episode. I'm so happy for all y'all, and I am so happy that I've had the opportunity to appear on 1% of your episodes. Here's your question. Two actors in the 90s who went on to win Oscars for their performances portrayed characters with what congenital disorder caused by an abnormal brain development before or shortly after birth that affects movement, posture, and muscle tone. Okay. Um, looks like they're locked in. What are you thinking, Matt? Oh, I'm not thinking anything. I don't know this at all. <clears throat> um, so I'm thinking two Oscar winners. I was just trying to think of, of movies with Oscar winners where they had um, a debilitation of some sort, uh, probably from birth. And I believe um, Daniel Day-Lewis, I think My Left Foot, I think he had cerebral palsy. I'm trying. There's mm-hmm. got to be another. I think there's another Oscar winner that had cerebral palsy uh, for a performance. That's all. That's what's coming to my head first, which I I believe is from birth. But okay, 
let's let's go with it. I can't think of anything else. So okay, we said the same. Uh, w- would the other one maybe be Gary Oldman, or oh maybe like that? Yeah, I don't know. Well, we said cerebral palsy. So let's see. For an extra bonus point, oh. can you name me either one of the actors? And the movies that are associated with them. So, whoops, we uh, we paused too soon. So, forget the bonus points. But we said <laughs> cerebral palsy. Yeah. Con- continue. The correct answer is cerebral palsy. So, Daniel Day Lewis and My Left Foot and Kevin Spacey in The Usual Suspects. Oh, oh, he was like faking it though. He was faking it. I guess that counts. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Even in that, he's a terrible human. Yeah. Oh. Guys are so sad. Spoiler. If everyone if he's knows faking, that. You know, debility. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. true. Disability. Um, yeah, we'll take 10 points, though, each. We both got cerebral palsy. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, thank you, Anne, for the question. Uh, our next uh, question is coming from Jared Seal. Hey, folks and fellas. This is Jared Seal. I've been listening to the podcast since about the 80s, I want to say. The uh, the episode <laughs> number, not the decade. But I, I'm super happy for you guys that you've made it this far and that you're continuing to still go strong. So here's to the future. And my question is, in the highbrow erudite cartoon Beavis and Butthead, what two bands are featured on the titular character's t-shirts? All right, we're locked in. Um, just to confirm. Here. Yep. Yep. So as Matt puts TP in my bunghole, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I am Cornholio. <laughs> Pretty sure this is uh, Metallica, Metallica and ACDC? Yeah, I believe that's 100% correct. Yeah, we said the same. Let's see what they say. Our good, good friends, Mr. Butthead and Mr. Beavis, are sporting Metallica and ACDC t-shirts. Was his real name Butthead? Maybe. I, Mr. Butthead, I like it. Mr. Butthead. <laughs> <laughs> I like the formal nature of that. Um, yeah, 10 points apiece. Uh, our next one's coming to us from Emily Baker. And thank you again, Jared. Hey, Triviality friends. It's Emily Baker. I've made my graceful return to your headphones or speakers or whatever medium you get the podcast through to read a question for the 300th episode. Which of the following is not one of Superman's powers at some point in time? Super kissing, the ability to give an amnesia-inducing kiss. Super sweat, the ability to blast acidic sweat onto enemies. Super ventriloquism, the ability to project the voice across a room with a flawless accuracy. Or Mini-Me, the ability to shoot a mini-clone of Superman that shares his same powers and abilities out of his hand. Well, all ridiculous. <laughs> Love this question. That's very good. Um, so three of these definitely were in the comics. Which yeah. is hilarious. I'm going to I'm gonna say the Mini-Me. Okay. You don't think he could shoot Mini-Me? Yeah. I think he could shoot Mini-Me. Do you? I, I, I was leaning that way or just regular? I think regular... I think it's too um, distant from his wide array of powers. Yeah, yeah, and we're just picking one out of all of these, right? So, yeah, what I think the ventriloquist, ventriloquist, I think is a definite. I feel like he can do that, and I think the the DC cartoonists and writers would love to do kissing powers. I like um, the amnesia kiss. I don't know about just a super kiss, or maybe it was the same thing. That's it's the it same was, thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think the I think the sweat. I don't think Superman sweats. Yeah, I guess you that's... Ever, you ever see him sweat? Okay. Not on Earth. Is Dean Kane sweating ever? <laughs> I don't think so. He's All right. just permanently, like, slightly damp. So we yeah. say mini-me and you guys say super sweat. Super sweat. So let's see what Emily says. 
And the answer is super sweat. That is not one of Superman's powers. That is actually a power from the hero anarchist in the Marvel comics. All of the rest of them are real. I personally think my favorite is Superman shooting a mini clone of himself (laughs) out of his hand. I just love the idea of that. Just why? Um, And before I go, I just want to say huge congrats on 300 episodes. That is an incredible accomplishment. I'm so lucky to have met you guys through trivia, and I'm really honored to have been a part of this process at all over the past 300 episodes. So congrats again, you guys. I can't wait to see you guys in Chicago soon. Just biologically, why? Yeah. Is he able to shoot a mini me? Why would he need to shoot a mini me of himself? Uh, thank you to Emily. I think I badgered her as well. So As soon as you said the sweat thing, I was like, yeah, Superman doesn't break a sweat. Mm-hmm. It's beneath him. Uh, our next and last question in the movies TV round uh, and first of two questions submitted for the 300th episode is from our friend Nate McQuinn. So thank you, Nate. And uh, let's hear this question. This is Nathan McQuinn. Congratulations to Triviality on 300 episodes. Today's question is a TV question. What 1990s TV sitcom featured movies that included Rochelle Rochelle, Prognosis Negative, and Sack Lunch? It's still unclear what Art Vandalay's favorite movie was. Mm. It's fine. Just let it roll. We're all locked in. Yeah, we're... <laughs> Sack Lunch was the, was the one for me. Yeah, right. And when we all heard that the English patient was a bore. Seinfeld. Yeah. Seinfeld. Seinfeld. <laughs> Great question. <laughs> An erotic journey. How about uh, Death Blow? Death Blow, is that in there too? It, I don't think it was, but I love it. Welcome that to Movie Phone. <laughs> Death Blow has the ending of a lone dancer. That's a little little scary. Why don't you just tell me what movie you want to see? <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, after five uh in the top of the second half here it looks like we're perfect over here at uh, the misters 300 uh adding an extra 50 so we're at 159 jeez were you really yep so we're at uh 131 131 all right sure uh, we do a midpoint break in the second round but not in the first round yeah that's all right so we get oh. to do formats out the window formats out the window yeah this next one uh it's gonna be five questions of music and literature the first one coming to us from our friend paul mclaughlin hello triviality folks paul mclaughlin here Congratulations on hitting the big three zero zero. My question for you is this. Although it took years for all the legalities to be sorted out and the paperwork signed, the breakup of the Beatles began in April of 1970 when Paul McCartney announced he was leaving the band. How old was the oldest member of the Beatles when they called it quits? All right, so this is a number guess. I'm going to say... 29. Ooh, I was right in that range. I was thinking 31. No, no, no 30s. They were that young. No 30s. What do you think? How old do you think Sir Paul is now? I don't know. 80? I'm not doing math. He's older than 80. I ain't doing math. (laughs) I say 29. Do you agree? Sure, I'll give it to you. This is why Ken's team always loses. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know how old he is, and you can't, we're not doing the math. So you're you're the math, saying the math is inconsequential if we don't know how old he is. They're saying so. 29. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you think, Matt? Well, he said in 71 is when it started, right? Um, That's when they ended. Yeah. So you know they were in their lower 20s in the 60s when they became popular. Yeah. Yeah. So I I would think maybe even over 30. I would think maybe 32. That old? Um, I think maybe like Ringo was. He okay. seemed older. All right. I'll, he seemed like I'll, a, I'll grant you the 32. Or mature. 
Yeah, we'll say 32. <laughs> That's Why how not? you know somebody's mature when they say mature. Mature. That's how you know. Yeah. Well, if you ever want to question how you're doing in life, keep in mind that the Beatles established themselves as the world's most popular band, wrote some of history's most enduring music, and then left it all behind before any of them turned 30. Born October 9th, 1940, elder Beatle John Lennon was 29 Ah! when McCartney announced the breakup. Have a good one, all. We'll give Ken that one. Yeah, that was was a good guess. Get back. Just get back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, 29. Wow, that's crazy. All broke up before they were 30. Made fools of you all. Uh, well, speaking, Ken's. How old are you again? I'm gloating. I am 35. <laughs> <laughs> I've written some good songs myself, though. Just nobody's yeah, ever heard them. Yeah, but Samuel Jackson didn't even start acting until he yeah. was 45. There you I go. I saw once. Alan Rickman's first uh, film role was Die Hard. So, yeah, there it's you go. Too late for me. It, it is too late, but it's not. No, never too late. Um, all right, our next question is coming to us from uh, the Bone Doctor, Chase Ansock. Just statistically unlikely, right, Ken? Correct. Hey, Triviality Boys. This is Chase Ansock, the Bone Doctor. I've been <laughs> listening to the podcast since 2019, and you guys have helped me walk my dogs at least 1,000 miles by this point. Wow. My question for you is in the category of pop-punk royalty. Still Into Only You was a top 10 hit from Paramore in 2013, and the song is ostensibly written about Haley Williams' future husband, Chad Gilbert, who is the lead guitarist for what prominent pop-punk band? Nice. Chad Gilbert. And the collective hearts of all the fans of Paramore were a little upset that day. Including yeah. Gil's? Including mine. <laughs> uh, Chad Gilbert. Yeah. What do you think? I have no idea. I don't know. Was he also in Paramore? I don't think so. Was <laughs> That'd, he? Be... That'd be funny. Yeah. Um, we can lock in. We know this one. Yeah, we're locked in. Matt and I know this one. It's not Blink-22. Well, they both know it. No. I don't think it would be Good Charlotte because those were the Maddens. Yeah. Um, some forty-one. They were they were busy with uh, Hollywood starlets at the time, I believe. Yeah. The, the Maddens. Let's say uh, some forty-one. Uh, mm, I don't know not... a Chad. I don't know a Chad Gilbert. Well, it's, it's not Fall Out Boy, right? So what's eating Chad Gilbert? <laughs> Great. Well, uh, Matt, I think I'll let you answer this, but I, I will say that um, the Chad Gilbert did not choose his best friends uh, yeah. over her. And it, it feels like they're at an all-time low. Uh, this is uh, Newfound Glory. The answer is Newfound Glory. Unfortunately, Williams and Gilbert divorced in 2017. In the end, he must have chosen his friends over <laughs> no. There you go. All right, fellas, congrats on 300 episodes. I look forward to listening to a whole lot more in the future. Great. Now, that's someone who listens great, to the show a lot. Great <laughs> Knew where we were going. Okay, that's awesome. Maybe he refers to himself as there. the Bone Doctor now too, which is great. A self, a self-given nickname. <laughs> uh, all right, our our next question that was great. Chase is from David. Hey, triviality. This is David Raffetto from Houston, Texas, and I've got a question for you guys. The Piper at the Gates of Dawn is the title of the debut album from English rock band Pink Floyd. Founding band member Sid Barrett borrowed the phrase from what children's book? Hmm. We we both wrote down an answer, scratched it out, wrote down an answer, scratched it out. 
I was like, this is and a Pink now, Floyd question. This is a Sid Barrett question. Yeah. This is And then no this is, this is woke Floyd, if I heard if I saw it correctly on the internet. Oh, that's don't don't even worry about that. Okay. So Dave, David Raffetto, a name that we have not heard very much no. on this podcast. Oh, true. No, well, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I was just gonna say he's on he's, he's on our, last week's episode. Yeah, he's <laughs> we talk about him all the time. Our first patron. Our first patron. And thank our, you, thank and you. our last patron. Thank you, David. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just uh, being clairvoyant here. Just... After after thousands of episodes, and we yeah. finally hang it up. David is the only the one still being like, you know what? Eighty-seven. I started this thing. I guess I ought to see it he'll, out. He'll okay, quote Babe. That'll do, Pig. I'm like, thanks, David. All right, Piper at the Gates of Dawn. Was that? So I'm a huge fan of Pink Floyd. Are you now? Yeah. Are you now? Yeah, I am. Are you now? I, I am. Uh, <laughs> and I can't remember this story, Piper. Uh, let's. Of Dawn. Say a nursery rhyme. Is it what was it a nursery rhyme? Is that what he said? Children's story. Children's book, children's story. Is it um you you go ahead and and give your best Oh yeah. That works with the psychedelia. Let's go with it. Okay. So Matt, um I was mentioning to you maybe since Pink Floyd's British, maybe it's like a famous Brit, like a Raoul doll or something, like one of Raoul doll. Raoul doll, one of his stories. Yeah. Um, James and the Giant Piper at the Gates of Dawn. Yeah, but I don't know. Oh, what, yeah, everyone knows that. Do you have any idea on this one? No. Um, I think that they're going with Alice in Wonderland based on the psychedelic type things, but I think that's a cliche. Okay. Um, what about a What about a Paddington? Everyone loves a Paddington. I don't think Paddington went to his Piper <laughs> at the Gates of Dawn. Uh. <laughs> well, I don't know what he's up to. Uh, who's that French bear that everyone likes? Uh, I can't remember his name. Le Bear. LaBear, yeah. yeah. Or C- Coraline, not Coraline, Caroline. I that's don't a, know. That's a girl, not a bear. Emily in Paris? Emily in Paris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't know. We're sidetracked. We're sidetracked. I don't know. Like, a, What do you think of a Roald doll story? Yeah, let's do James and the Giant Peach. Okay. We like indeed did say uh, Alice in Wonderland. Which was first published in 1908. Oh. The oh. title of the book's seventh chapter provided the inspiration. So there's more to the question. I still think we're right. But we're we're sticking to it. Answer? The Wind in the Willows. Oh. So we were wrong. Just like Mole, Rat, Mr. Toad, and Mr. Badger, you guys mm. are an endlessly entertaining foursome loved by many. Congrats on 300 episodes. Thank you. Well, See, that, if, was, if I, that was a I wild had, ride. <laughs> it was a wild ride because we paused too chapters. early. I would have I would have guessed something else, but I didn't know. You're a big wind in the willow fan. <laughs> oh yeah, Willowhead. That's what they call me. Uh, well, thank you, David, for that question. Um, I think we were kind of close. Uh, our next question is coming to us from. <laughs> it's not Come... that close. Not That's that close. Saying that we feel bad about being idiots. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, our next question is from Leanne. That's why this whole setup is for people to tell us how great we are over and over again. <laughs> Hi guys, this is Leanne in Baltimore, Maryland, and I have a question for you in the category best-selling books. Ask any librarian or bookseller about James Patterson, and they'll tell you that he publishes a book almost every month with help from many co-authors. In the past few years, two of these co-authors have been much more famous for other lines of work. Name either of these co-authors, one better known for delivering speeches and the other for writing songs. All right, so we know one. Wait. Oh, you know one. Right? Yeah. 
It was it was that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then songwriter. I'm not I don't remember a songwriter co-authoring one with him. Really? Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah. You don't remember um the book he wrote with Garth Brooks, the Honky Tonk Badonkadonk? <laughs> <laughs> that was that Garth you. Brooks? No. That was uh I can't remember who that was. Trace Atkins or something. It might have been, yeah. I don't know. Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines. That does sound, seem like more of a Chris Gaines <laughs> sort of song to write. So we got the one. Um, I really don't know the other one. A songwriter. Let's say um, <laughs> Willie Nelson. What do you say? Sure. All right. So we say Willie Nelson and Bill Clinton. Uh, we also say uh, Bill Clinton. And uh, Matt uh, contributed Tracy Chapman. Fast car, Tracy Chapman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, Honky Tonk Badonkadonk was a Dallas Davidson, uh, but it was Trace Atkins. Oh, okay. Very helpful information. And the answer is Bill Clinton with the books The President is Missing and The President's Daughter and Dolly Parton oh. with the book oh, Run, Dolly. Rose, Run. It's always Dolly. It is always Dolly. So no points, right, for anyone? No points. Oh, I thought we were getting five or no? No points? It doesn't no points. matter. Yeah, wow. let's do no points. You're right, it doesn't matter. Um, and to round out our music and literature question, uh, we have one uh, from Taylor Cook, who I guess we should call him the teeth the teeth the doctor. Teeth doctor. <laughs> the tooth doctor. The uh, tooth doctor. Also known as a dentist. Or, or uh, and, and a dentist. Teeth, teeth are bones, aren't they? Isn't endodontist They're sort not. of like a subspecies of dentist? I think it's like a specialist dentist. <laughs> right. specialist he's like the he's like but the green. It's under the dentist umbrella. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yes. So he's he, dentist. He's the green beret specialty. of dentists. The anti-dentites. <laughs> Roll it. Hey, triviality! Official triviality dentist and longtime fan Taylor See? Cook here. See. I just wanted to give a huge congratulations on 300 episodes and say that I can't wait for many more to come. Now let's see how you do with this next question. Category is no flavor text needed. The International Edible Book Festival, or Edible Book Day, is a global event that's been celebrated in various parts of the world since the year 2000. And no, I'm not joking. The official website of the festival helps organize events as well as holds a gallery of all the edible books submitted each year. In order to participate, all edible book creations must be bookish through the use of text, literary inspiration, or simply be in the shape of a book, I guess. The event was started to commemorate the birthday of French gastronome Jean-Anthelme Briat-Savarin. What holiday also shares the date with this festival and has been described as, quote, the perfect day to eat your words and play with them? Eat hmm. my books. <laughs> eat your it words. It just reminds me of the, uh, from the movie The Menu, The Tortillas. Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, The Menu. Tortilla. It's a, it's a tortilla. Um, what a what a lovely film watching experience we had with the menu. Here's a day that, <laughs> that was great. Many may <laughs> eat their words, and uh, well, I think they eat the words is the think. book festival part, and then the play the words, play with words is the the other one. What do you think about that day? Yeah, good as not, any. It's not Arbor Day. All right, good as any. We're reluctant. All right, Matt. I think it's National Talk Like a Pirate Day. <laughs> I I have nothing else, so I, I I'll just go with it. Let's go National Talk Like a Pirate Day. <laughs> We're gonna say Valentine's. Oh, yeah, 
That's a lot more sense. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Well, since I didn't get to hear the answers, I'm hoping both teams got points, but the answer is April Fool's Day. Oh. oh. Made fools of us all. He did. Yeah. Except for me, who knew he was a dentist. Well, <laughs> well thank you to those folks of the music and literature uh, area uh, for those questions. And here's our final three potpourri uh, which is, I guess it's not really potpourri, it's kind of history, geography, but it leans that way. So our first one Ooh. is coming to us from uh, Claire, I believe. Hi guys, happy 300th episode. It's Claire Bancroft here and I'm recording this in sunny Queensland, Australia. I just wanted to say thank you for such a great show and always trying to include some Australian content. I look forward to listening every week and I always have a smile on my face when I do. My question for you today is... What charming expat Aussie actor's father was once the Prime Minister of Australia? What do you think about that guy? Charming expat? Some would say he's charming. Some would say not so charming anymore. <laughs> what do you think of that? Uh, I'm okay with that. All right. Oh, you're right. Um, Matt, I believe they're probably going to go with Mel Gibson. Um, oh. Which I thought his dad was a minister. But maybe could have been he, a prime minister. I, I was gonna say I, I think he was just a minister, but maybe he was a prime minister too. Um, yeah. I, I can you think of anyone else? Uh, He's an no, expat, I, I guess, right? He was born in New York, technically, but then he lived yeah. in Australia and then he left. Kyrie Irving, no, that's a People flat answer. Gibson's, Mel Gibson's got the most Australian name ever, but like his Australianness is like yeah. wishy washy. Mm. Yeah. Let's go, let's go with Mel Gibson. Okay. Yeah, we said Mel. So we'll see. Hoping some of you picked up on the charming clue. The answer is Julian McMahon. Oh. His oh. father was William McMahon, who was Prime Minister of Australia from March 1971 to December 1972. Unfortunately, he's probably more remembered as being Julian McMahon's father than the Prime Minister of Australia. Son of a bee. Thanks, that's, guys, and keep up the great work. That's the guy from Nip Tuck. Yeah, and oh, I knew that. Yeah, that and Doctor totally Doom too. About that. Yeah, he was Doctor Doom as well. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a shame. Uh, yeah, it definitely was Nip Tuck. We could have Nip Tucked that answer and had a better one. Great, great question though. Uh, yes, very good question, and thank you to all of our Australian listeners. We love you, and we try to get you on as much as we can. So we appreciate all the support. Next one is coming from Hugh. Hey guys, this is Hugh Gitlin in Mendota Heights, Minnesota. Congratulations on 300 episodes. That's a lot of work. Oh, here's my question. What lake is the source of the Mississippi River? Pointing at Jeff. <laughs> lake Jeffrey? That would be my guess, but I am that's, way out of my depth. That's yeah, the yeah, one yeah, yeah, on yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah, west. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, okay. I know. You don't have to tell me about maps. No, I'm asking. Oh. <laughs> That's the one on the, on the west? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yep, we're locked in. But who okay. knows? All right. So my game theory here is Hugh is a big Minnesotan, or I don't know what the, there's a term, Illinoisian, yeah. Minnesotan. Minnesota, Minnesotan. Minnesotan. So I'm thinking it's going to be got, I've got a I've got a uh, a map I'm saved on my cell phone of what the people from every state is called and I may use it for a a thing. That'd be good. Yeah, cuz I don't know the the pr proper term for everyone. Uh, is it Illinoisian? Is that what it is? Illinois. We'll, we'll see when Something I bring like it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe that's a Patreon bonus. Hoosiers? 
Hoosiers. Uh, so what do you think, Matt? Uh, I, I wrote something to you. I vaguely remember that um, listening to Minnesota podcasts on the way to the Mayo Clinic, which was not super fun. They just talked about Lake Itasca for an hour. I, th- I think it's Lake Itasca in Minnesota if the Mayo Clinic rides were correct. Well, let's hope because that's where we're going with. Okay. Well, we have a superior answer. Ooh. Superior. Huron. Oh. Lake Itasca oh, in wow. Minnesota. Yeah. Neil Once again, congratulations, guys. Geography. Shout out to the Mayo Clinic. We're yeah, getting, thank you. We're getting, thank you for doing something right. We're getting beat up. Roasting <laughs> wow. and not charging me. Um, roasting the Mayo <laughs> Clinic. <laughs> so it's, Neil, it seems that the people who live above you are beginning their wrestling match for the evening. Yeah, th- you know, it's it funny. It sounds like there's already been an injury up there. <laughs> yeah, the small child screamed. <laughs> And yeah, and their their fighting started at 4 p.m., uh, which normally it starts at 9 p.m. So they're very early today. Well, it's WrestleMania it's season. Pay-per-view. They gotta, they gotta get their licks in. Yeah, that's right. This pay per view season. Whoever wins points at the sign. That's how you know. <laughs> WrestleMania. Uh, well, thank you, Hugh, for that question. I'm glad that I was driving back and forth to Minnesota. Great place. Uh, haven't spent a lot of time there, but yeah, thank you. Uh, and our last one here of uh, the, the full regulation game is, uh, I believe, from Ian. Hey, Triviality. Thanks for all the content you've made over the years, and congrats on 300 episodes. Here's my question to you. Ironically, all of the following individuals have what professional title? Maisie Hirono, age 75. Ed Markey, age 76. Angus King, age 78. And Jim Risch, age 79. All right, so I know who the first person is. Or I don't know who any of those people are. You know who the first person is? Well, then write whatever you think their professional title would be. I have no idea, Matt. Angus King, um, Hirono. Well, thinking about people in their 70s, what would be an interesting title for them? Um, something from the... They'd be, what, 1950s, basically. So what, what could they have done? Or no, they would have been born well, in the 50s. Well, I'm thinking maybe that these are like influencers or something that would be interesting that they're that title like tiktokers or oh like YouTube. oldest oldest um influencers yeah. social media influencers yeah they'd be like youtube content creators or something okay we can go with that just uh yeah the oldest uh yeah social media influencers or something well your answer is pretty close to mine um <laughs> no i think uh Maisie... Hirono, or somebody named Hirono, is a senator or a rep. So we're going with senator. <laughs> okay. Would it help if I added Mitt Romney, age 75, and Bernie Sanders, age 81? No. Who are those people? <laughs> They're all junior senators. Thanks for having oh, me on, guys, and here's to 300 more. Yeah, we're yeah. taking points. They'll take that. the points oh, for yeah. that. Yeah. We need them, man. Yeah. Like, I would argue that they are content creators and that they create <laughs> content for the legislature. Barely. Come on. <laughs> Sometimes. Well, ending the regulation here, it looks like uh, Team This Is Triviality picking up uh, an extra 20 points. 20 points. We're at 151. 151. And we over here at Mrs. or Mr.'s 300 is uh, 179. We picked up an extra 30 points. All right. So that brings us to the uh, final. 89. My bad. 189. 189. So it's worse than we thought. It is worse. So for the final, um, we have six questions here. um, And I have the categories if you want to wager. Um, and we can just uh, go at it that way. So uh, here are the, the final round categories for everyone. You said six questions this time. Six questions. So number one is going to be in science. 
Number two, Broadway. Number three, sports. Number four, history. Number five, music, TV, and TV. And number six, unusual film locations. Mm. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Jane Perlez longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off. An eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-off launches April 9th. All right, I think we're in with our wagers. Yeah, I think we go hardish. Us too. Whatever it is, who cares? All right, we got. Well, this is for uh, the next six years of bragging rights. Yeah, this is for bragging rights forever. Yeah, I'm just so confident that we're going to get them all right. It doesn't matter. Wow. So I think this math works out, Jeff. We're just going to bet thirty on all of them, and then five on the last one. We have one eighty-nine. Yeah. Yeah, that's only one hundred and fifty-five points. Okay. What about you guys? Uh, We're going thirty, ten, ten, thirty. 15, 15. All right. So we're all over the, all over the board. So let's hear these uh, final questions here. First one in the category of science, and we'll just go straight through it like a normal question. One at a time. Hey, Triviality. My name is Louie, but many folks on the crop and Discord know me as Triviality's grand playtester or playtest pro. So I'm here with a question about, you guessed it, playtesting. Many forms of playtesting occur in what we call alphas or betas, either open or closed. Dating back to the 1950s, testing product ideas and theories were known as A-testing, and testing feature-complete products were known as B-testing. Not out of the blue, this eventually became alphas and betas. My question is, what company, a standard in business at the time, and still around today, started this naming convention? All right, we're locked in. All right, they're locked in. You texted me, Texas Instruments. Uh, That is a tech company that I think would have alphas and betas. Um... It goes back pretty far. Uh, maybe HP, Hewitt Packard. I like that. They, maybe HP or IBM. IBM's an older company. Let's go with Let's go with IBM. Okay. We said IBM also. So let's see what Louis says. Answer: IBM. Hey. All right. Congrats, guys. I wish you less repeat questions, more clues, and new bad catchphrases. <laughs> Thank you, Louis. All right. So it looks like both teams picking up thirty points. Next question is in Broadway. Hello, Triviality. 
This is Oakland Five supporter Keith Moser from Allentown, Pennsylvania, with a question for your big 300th episode. I originally wrote a sports question for you, but I had way too many answers, so I decided to scrap it, sorry Matt, and go back to my wheelhouse to write a Broadway question instead. You're welcome, Neil. The category is, you can't always trust what you read on the internet. On December 15th, 2022, a picture was tweeted announcing the late, great Stephen Sondheim's final musical was coming to Broadway fall 2023, starring the brilliant Bernadette Peters and Nathan Lane. The tweet turned out to be a hoax, and the ultimate fate of what Sondheim was working on with David Ives when he passed in 2021 is still yet to be revealed. The musical is believed to be an adaptation of two Louise Bunuel films, The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie and The Exterminating Angel. Going back to the beginning, I never mentioned the Twitter handle that tweeted the lie because its handle directly references the musical. What is it? The working title of the musical or the Twitter handle? Oh. So uh, Spider-Man the musical, right? Do you have any idea, Jeff? I've I know, got no clue. I know that Stephen Sondheim's last on-screen performance was in Knives Out. Glass Onion? Glass Onion. That's the one. A Knives Out mystery. <laughs> A Knives Out mystery. <laughs> Same thing with... Uh, so we don't know. Is what you're saying, Angela Lansbury? Angela Lansbury. Uh, yeah. So you guys don't know? No, I have no idea. All I know is the musical is called Square One. I have no idea what the Twitter account's called. So maybe it's like Back to Square One or something. I yeah. Don't know. The the working title of the musical was uh, one of the one of the correct answers. So, so oh, we like got the it. Correct answer. Okay, so Square One. That's what we'll say. The musical is believed to be named Square One. And the Twitter handle is at square one BWAY or at square one Broadway. The Twitter account was created back in July 2022, but didn't tweet anything until the day before the fake announcement when it said 1215 at 10 a.m. with megaphone emoji. Sondheim fans are still hopeful the show will eventually be finished and get the production it deserves. Thanks so much for doing this unique episode setup. Can't wait to hear the final product. And here's to 300 more. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Keith. Our next is in sports from uh, Marcus Ellis of the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Shocking. Sports Hello, person. everyone. This is Coach Lou Holtz, and I'd like to ask you all a college football question. <laughs> Who is the all-time leader in NCAA history and passing yards? He's also the all-time leader in passing touchdowns and completions. You might say he's a miracle worker. That is a really good impression of Lou Holtz. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if I've ever heard that person talk, but uh, it was a funny voice. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> it's very close. Uh, Do you want to lock in for us, Matt? Do you know this one, the Miracle Worker? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Jeff. Uh, dude, I don't know sports, man. All right. Well, you know something about sports more than I do. Well, I know nothing. Worker. We're gonna say uh, <laughs> we don't know. Peyton. Peyton. Good guess, yeah. Peyton, Peyton Manning. Uh, I have no idea, Matt. Well, it's it's your call. Um, I actually don't even know. Uh, <laughs> I know in a season it's Baker Mayfield, so I think it might be. I don't know if he's a miracle man. We're going Baker Mayfield. All right. Let's see what it is. The correct answer is Case Kingham, the Case quarterback Kingham. during the Minneapolis miracle, which sent the Minnesota Vikings to the NFC Championship game. <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous really good though marcus thank you God. put us all into that oh uh, yeah he did really you're right it. 
Um, our next uh, one here, uh, number four of in history, is our second question from uh, Nathan McQuinn. This is Nathan McQuinn. Congratulations to Triviality on 300 episodes. This question is a American history question. What civil rights icon, born into slavery and who conducted many heroic journeys, was nicknamed Minty as a child? She later was given a nickname from the Old Testament. We can lock in, Matt. Good. Do you like uh, Harriet Tubman, maybe? Okay. Yeah, we also locked in with Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman. All All right. right. All right. Good to have some points. (laughs) And our fifth question here uh, is going to be music and TV from, I believe, Anne. Hello, gentlemen, and happy 300th episode. Anne Putnam here. They call me Animal at my local trivia hosting gig. And in honor of that and the fact that I believe I wore a Dr. Teeth in the Electric Mayhem shirt for my triviality episode that I was so privileged to host, I'm going to ask a drum-off question. Specifically, drum-offs between the Muppet Animal and other well-known drummers. Between the original Muppets show, award shows, late night, and ABC's The Muppets, Animal has competed against six different drummers. I want you to name three of them. All right. So I think uh, I'm just going to lock in here. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. Okay. Ken's a drummer. Ken is drummer. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm right. TV. I'm not sure I'm right, but. He likes Muppets? Yeah. <laughs> so um, here's where my head's at, Matt. Do you know any of these, by the way? I think Dave Grohl is definitely one of them. I, yeah, I wrote down Dave Grohl. Um, I'm thinking like probably the most famous jazz drummer of all time is Buddy Rich. I could see Buddy Rich maybe going against Animal, even though he probably swore at him with like racist uh, comments. But <laughs> yeah, was Buddy Rich a bad dude? Um, he was a great drummer. He's just a hothead and kind of crazy. Um, to Buddy Rich, Dave Grohl, and then um, what about uh, what about the dude from the Chili Peppers? I don't know, Will Ferrell, uh, Chad. Oh, he died, right? No, he's alive, I think. Uh, the okay. Foo Fighters drummer died. Taylor Foo Hawkins. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Taylor Hawkins passed away. Yeah. I'm talking about um, Chili Peppers. I'll say it for okay. you. Chad Michael Murray. I think that's good enough for an answer. Okay. Uh, Chad Smith is. Chad Smith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we said Chad Smith. I said Taylor Hawkins and uh, Dave Grohl. Okay. Let's find out. All right. Your six drummers, the earliest on the Muppet Show in 1979, Animal competed against Harry Belafonte. Mm. He had a giant tribal drum at that event. In 1981, on the same show, he competed against Buddy Rich. And then on Late Night, many years later, in 2011, he had a drum off against Questlove Mm. on Jimmy Fallon's Mm. show. In 2012, on Jimmy Kimmel Live, he had a drum off against Travis Barker. And then on The Muppets in 2015, he had a drum off versus Dave Grohl. And most recently in 2016, at the Radio Disney Music Awards, he had a drum off competition against Andrew Hurley from Fall Out Boy. Wow. Thanks for doing this and can't wait to hear your next 300. Is that no points then for anybody? No points. No points. So close. 
two for both, right? That's a great question, though. Yeah, that that's, was a really good that was question. A fun question to think about. It was a lot of great drummers. Uh, Animal went up against. Should have got Travis. Okay, the last uh, question of the final round is coming to us from uh, Willem uh, Van Vendeloo, and the category is Unusual Film Locations. Hallo, vrienden van Triviality. Hier, helemaal aan de andere kant van de wereld, uit Nederland, wil ik jullie van harte feliciteren met jullie 300ste aflevering. Yes. Hi guys, Ken, Matt, Neil and Jeff. All the way from the Netherlands, this is Willem, and I wanted to congratulate you on episode 300. What an achievement, and I'm very glad and excited to be a part of it. Now, for the question, which, from one Dutch boy to another, I expect Neil to answer in his best Dutch boy impression. Wadi Rum is a desert in Jordan, which is adored and often used by filmmakers, including Ridley Scott and Anthony Hoffman. The reason for this is that the desert is eerily similar to a much harder and more expensive-to-reach location. What non-fictional location is this? I think we can it's lock in, man. It's so funny because I had... I Your was, face um, lit up when this question started. It's because I know so much about it except for the answer to the question. So I'm watching the HBO show The Climb. Okay. You you guys may or may not be aware that I'm into rock climbing. Okay. Right? So I'm watching this climb. We're in the studio, yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm watching this uh, rock climbing uh, show, and the last couple episodes took place... In Wadi Rum, so I have, like, I just found out this location existed, okay. so I was excited to answer a question correctly about it. Right. So, what location does it resemble? You guys are locked in. We're locked in. That's hard to get to. Well, or like you can't film who, there. Well, who was who shot there? Who were? They, did he say Ridley Scott? Ridley Scott. And what was the other filmmaker? Um. If you well, remember, that's not a spoiler. I know Denny Villeneuve shot Dune there. Oh, okay. Because Jason Momoa was talking about it in the show. Okay. Um, Ridley Scott probably shot maybe parts of Prometheus or something there. Where would they want to shoot? I don't know. It's desert. You know, it's yeah. deserty, big rock formations. What well, What would you think? Desert, big rock formations. That would be more expensive to shoot at. Yeah. Harder to shoot at. Like Mars, maybe? Or like... Well, you can't... Yeah, I mean, no one's shooting on Mars. Yeah, that's what... Yeah. To, you know, mimic the landscape or like mimic the landscape of the moon, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Was Alien... Was there anything with the moon and Alien? I haven't seen the Alien movies. I haven't seen any Ridley Scott films I'm aware of. Yeah. You're missing out. <laughs> I, I we don't know. We'll we'll say the moon. And we said Mars. Okay, will you give us points? And the answer is Mars. Apart from other sci-fi films like Rogue One, Rise of Skywalker, and Dune, Wadi Rum is a beloved film location because it's easy to forget that you're on Earth, thanks to the reddish landscape. The Martian was filmed here, and so are films like The Last Days on Mars and Mission to Mars. Wow. Again, congratulations on this milestone, guys. And here's to at least 300 more episodes. Can we take some points since you're going to win anyways? Yeah, we'll give you 15. All right. <laughs> Pity points. It's a new it year. looks like Team This Is Triviality picking up 40 points, bringing your total to 191. And Team Mr. 300, uh, we are picking up 35, bringing our total to 224, making us today's cream of the crop. 
for six wow. years more. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in, but the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. For six years more, 300 more episodes. I, I wonder if we have to add up. Every time someone said, I'm wishing you another 300, we have to add uh, all those up, though. 300 like, more. So 3,200 like yeah, like 3, more episodes. We'll be well dead before... <laughs> Yeah, that's true. We reach that amount. I like how 3,200 uh, is not divisible. Hopefully, no time soon. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. Don't anytime math soon. me, Jeff. Uh, well, first of we all, <laughs> let's go around the room very quickly before we we uh, go out. But uh, thank you to everyone for um, sending in all these questions and for all your support over the years. We really appreciate it and can't wait to to keep uh, providing a show for you. Yeah, indeed. Uh, never thought it would last this long, but we're so glad it did, and we're gonna keep it up and uh, keep on keeping on and bringing the show to you guys. So. Jeff? Sorry, I was going to make a title of Ken's sex tape joke. Um, (laughs) This is not the time, Jeff. I know. We're being serious. Never. Never, no. Um, Thank you so much um, to all of you who contributed to today's episode. Uh, We appreciate all the questions. Uh, So many of them were very great, and I learned quite a lot, um, which is always a a pleasure, um, especially when I lose. And then... um, yeah, th- I mean, thanks for listening and, and making the show what it is. Uh, we wouldn't have um, the successful show that we have without our great listeners, and uh, we can't say thank you enough. It's really nice to hear everybody um, really, you know, appreciating and congratulating us. Obviously, that's not the reason we did this episode format. We just thought it'd be fun, but um, thank you. I did it for the praise. I, <laughs> I, would, I would like to say you're welcome for everybody who thanked us, um, and that's it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, thanks, everybody. That's a man I appreciate yours. it. And you guys checking out my live streams uh, at Triviality Mad on twitch.tv slash Triviality Mad every third Saturday. Come check me out. Well, uh, yeah, check out the uh, the streams over there. And uh, just to kind of uh, give us a little bit of a introduction into what the next 300 is going to be like, we have a fortune cookie here. And as I open this <laughs> fortune cookie, this I bit. hope it's like very specific, like you're not as funny as you think you are. <laughs> as we open this up, make sure to go to airwavemedia.com. We're a part of the Airwave Media Network where you can hear shows like. And we're only contractually obligated to say three shows per episode. But you know what? It's a special episode, so let's do four. We're going to say... Ben Franklin's world, clever, everything, everywhere, and the Explorers podcast. Mm-hmm. There's four for good, you. Good job, brain. I'm gonna throw on good job, Everyone brain. And good them. job, brain. All Man, right. I can't even see that we're looking at good job, brain right now. Here we go. All right, you're just getting cookie everywhere. I know. ASMR. Okay, here we go. Uh, the uh, mantra of the next 300 episodes for Triviality, set your financial aspirations high this year. Wow. I like that. Oh. There you go. 700 patrons. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> well, uh, shoot for the stars. So shoot. it sounds like by the end of the year, we're all going to be doing this full time. So thank you, everyone, for your future support. Yes, thank you. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's just thank everyone once again. And uh, for all of us here at Triviality, uh, Ken, Matt, Jeff, myself, Neil, we... Our triviality, and that was triviality. 